Welcome to Mornings with Jesus. This is a live, interactive Bible study where we can connect with Christ and community daily and deeply. Join us every weekday morning at 6 a.m. Eastern Standard Time as we read a chapter of the Bible, pray, and share our reflections. Whether you are joining live or on the replay, I know God will meet you here. I also want to invite you to the Faith Mamas Tribe app. This is a free app where women of faith can connect, be encouraged, and have their faith strengthened. It's the online social space I know you've been looking for. So make sure to do three things before we start. One, subscribe to this channel. Two, share this with a friend. And three, download the app. Trust me, you'll be glad you did. Now let's dive in today's Mornings with Jesus. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Mornings with Jesus. I am so glad that you are here today. If this is your first time here, welcome. My name is Dominique Young, and this is the Faith Mama's Tribe, Mornings with Jesus, where we study a chapter of the Bible every single morning together, and we reflect on it together. So if that sounds like something that you're interested in, you're absolutely in the right place. Before we jump in, I just want to say good morning to some of my friends that I see here live this morning. Good morning to Bevy. Good morning, Allison. Good morning, Lynn. Good morning, Joanne. Good morning, Mary. Good morning, Natalia. Good morning, Hyquintier. Good morning, Shanda. Good morning, Latrice. Good morning, CJ. Good morning, Ellen. Good morning, Shannon. Good morning, Brandy. Good morning, Donna Lanita. Good morning, April. Good day, Anastasia. So glad to see y'all this morning. And if you are watching on the replay, hey, how you doing? We are so glad that you are here. Now, before we jump into today's reading of Judges chapter seven, and I must say that it's going to be a good one, like this is a powerful chapter. But before we jump into that, let's start with some gratitude. What are you grateful to God for this morning? Good morning, Audrey. Good morning, good morning. What are you grateful to God for this morning? I am grateful to be here with you guys. I'm grateful for the opportunity to study Judges chapter seven. And I'm grateful for God constantly reminding me to like come back to reality. I feel like he's like, Martha, Martha, (laughs) you're worried about many things, but only one thing is needed. (laughs) Like, I thank God for that. He was bringing me back to that this morning. Dominique, Dominique, whenever he calls your name two times, he's like, look, look, (laughs) Dominique, Dominique, you're worried about many things, but only one thing is needed. Amen. So I'm just thankful for God. I'm thankful for the Holy Spirit's constant reminder um, that only one thing is needed, only Christ. Amen. Bevy says, I'm so grateful for this community of sisters where we love each other and study the word of God. Amen. Hallelujah. April says, I'm grateful for what God has in store for me. Amen. Brandy says, I am just grateful. Hallelujah. Joanne says, I'm grateful for another day and a stressless work on yesterday. Amen. Mary says, I'm grateful for my daughter's healing and my ability to press past the natural. I'm grateful for warrior wives that stand in the gap for others. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Audrey says, I'm grateful for the reading of God's word every morning. It is refreshing for mind, body, and soul. 
Hallelujah. Ellen says, I'm just grateful to be getting to know God more. Amen. I love it. Good morning, T. Horton. Good morning, Heather. Amen. We're just grateful. God is so amazing, isn't he? God is so amazing. Latrice says, grateful to God for allowing me to open my eyes this morning and spend the first couple of hours with him and you beautiful ladies. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 Anastasia says, thankful for another opportunity to study the Bible. T. Horton says, I'm grateful for the goodness of God. Natalia says, I'm grateful for a made up mind. Amen. I see Heather says she can't hear. So let me know in the comments if you can hear me. Um, and if you can and you are in the app, um, can you let Heather know that maybe she if she come goes out and comes back and oh, she says she can now. Woohoo. All right. We're good. Technology, man. Technology. We're good to go. Amen. Hallelujah. There's so much to be grateful to God for, y'all. So much to be grateful to God for. Even for this technology, the ability to be able to do this, the ability to be able to connect um, women from all over. If you could, just drop where you're coming in from. Just drop it in the comments. I would just love to know. Like, I just believe that God is connecting us from different parts of the country, different parts of the world. Um, and I just think that it's so absolutely amazing. Um, and I just want to, I just want to praise God because it's absolutely amazing. I thank God for the ability to do this, just to connect in this way. Allison says, life with God is amazing. I'm grateful for God's peace, love, grace, protection, and his blessings. Amen. Lynn says, also excited to be here. I thought I was a chapter behind and here I am right on chapter seven with you all. That was very exciting as well. Praise the Lord. Amen. Joanne says she is coming from South Carolina. Come on. Allison is in Michigan. Amen. Hallelujah, which is so cool because these are places I've never been. Ellen is in Michigan as well, mid-Michigan. So we got Northern Michigan, mid-Michigan. Um, I'm, I'm in Maryland. So it's really cool. I've never been to Michigan. So now I am connecting with people from Michigan, which is really cool which is really cool. That's why I love what God is doing here because we can connect from wherever. Brandy is Baltimore. Amen. Bevy is the it's in the Bahamas. All right. Praise God. I just, I just want to thank God for this opportunity for us to connect from wherever we are, from wherever we are. And if you are watching this on the replay, drop it in. Where are you coming in from? Shelly is in the UK. All right. UK in the building. CJ is in Virginia. Amen. So cool. So cool. God is so amazing. God is so amazing. Barb's in Arkansas. Amen. God is so awesome, y'all. I just want to take a minute to just praise God that we are able to connect with women from all parts of the world and read the scriptures together. Wow. Amen. We have a sister from West Michigan. All right, Michigan is, is holding it down today. Northern Michigan, mid-Michigan, West Michigan. April is in Baltimore. April, why didn't I know you were in Baltimore? Oh, we got to get together. Lynn says Aberdeen, Latrice, Louisiana. Mary is in Virginia. Come on. Latrice says this is something, right? This is amazing. Heather is in Florida. 
God is so awesome. Can we just take a minute to praise God? Like from the UK to the Bahamas, to the US, to Canada, to wherever we are all over. I am so grateful to God. It's so amazing. Some of us may have never been to some of the places that are listed. I know I haven't, but yet we're getting an opportunity to connect with sisters where, um, where they are and we can connect with one another it is so awesome erica's in arkansas as well okay we got some arkansas sisters in the house amen natalia's in baltimore come on baltimore's in the building too we got michigan and baltimore in the building heavy amen mary says he's a he's a god of the big picture come on hallelujah he's a god of the big picture I, I, I imagine that that the Apostle Paul and, and the Apostle Peter and all of them, <laughs> they probably wish they had a system like this where they could they didn't have to travel on foot <laughs> to get to everywhere they were going. Um, so praise God that we live in we live in an era in a time where we can connect um, throughout different countries uh, just from the click of a button, which is awesome. Tess says she's coming in from Canada, Toronto, Canada. All right. Amen. So awesome. Awesome. Sue Ann is from PA. All right, PA in the building. This is so cool. See, God is so awesome. I just wanted to praise God and, and just so that we can see, wow, God. So far we got, so far we have the Bahamas. We have the, we have the, uh, we have Canada, US, UK, uh, so many places. God is so awesome. God is so cool. I'm like over here, like a like a little girl, my feet are tapping. I'm like, this is so neat. This is really so so awesome. God is so absolutely amazing, and we get to study the Bible together from wherever we are. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. God is so awesome. God is so awesome. And if we really, if we really wanted to get crazy, we could even we're not going to do this, but but we can even think about how many denominations are present. Because, you know, in Christianity, there's a ton of denominations. And, like, it's really cool that I know that there's tons of denominations that are probably present during Mornings with Jesus. And we're all coming together to study the Bible, whether you're Baptist, Methodist, Episcopalian, uh, uh, non-denominational, or, you know, all the different. I just think it's so cool that God can bring us all together despite our differences, despite our distance, and we can study the Bible together, which is so awesome. So Lord, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Hallelujah. God is awesome. All right, y'all. Well, we are about to jump into Judges chapter seven. We are about to jump into Judges chapter seven. I am excited. <laughs> I'm excited that we're jumping into Judges chapter seven. It's actually one of my favorite Old Testament chapters. So I'm excited to see what God is going to do here um, with us. And God, oh, God is so awesome. So if you still got a praise and you got to let it out, shout it out, let God know. And we are getting ready to pray in as we prepare to jump into Judges chapter seven. I think I have like a permanent smile on my face. Like it's so cool what God is doing. So, so, so cool. So, so cool. And when you think about how we all got connected, like it's just, you're like, how did that happen? God. <laughs> it's God. Amen. 
It's God. Let's pray. Father God, we are so grateful and thankful to you. I'm so thankful for every single individual that is here today, Lord God. I'm thankful, Father God, for every single family that's represented. I'm thankful, Lord, for every single um, region that's represented. I'm thankful, Lord, for every single country that's represented here, Father. I thank you, Lord, so much for all you're doing and how you are bringing believers together from all over the world to study your word together. Wow. God, you are so absolutely amazing. You're so absolutely amazing. And we thank you. We thank you. Lord, we pray that as we go into Judges chapter seven, you would you would just be here with us. Show us what it is that you want us to see. But draw us into your presence. We thank you, Lord. We thank you. Open up the word in a way that we've never read it before and show us you. We want it to be more than just words on a page. We want to see you in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Uh, Erica says she found this looking up live morning Bible studies. That is so funny. Let me tell you all why it's so funny. So I type in these little tags um, into Mornings with Jesus and one of the tags I typed in was live morning Bible study. And you're supposed to type in tags that people would actually search for. And I remember thinking, who is going to search for a live morning Bible study? Maybe I should remove that tag. <laughs> and God was like, no, keep it in. Praise the Lord. <laughs> God is so awesome. God is so absolutely amazing. And Erica says she found this looking up live morning Bible study. The the very tag that I considered removing because I didn't think anyone was typing in live morning. See, God, God knows y'all. God knows. Even when we don't know, God knows. Even when we think we're doing something silly or whatever, God knows. Follow Jesus. Amen. All right. If this is your first time studying the Bible with us, welcome. We are going to read Judges chapter seven. We're going to read it two times through. The first time, we're going to soak it all in. Um, the second time, take out your pens, your highlighters, prepare to take notes in the margin on your journal, all those things. And yeah, we're just going to dig in. We're going to, and then after we read, we're going to go into a time of personal reflection and then we'll go into a time of corporate reflection. So if that sounds good to you, you are in the right place. I'm going to be reading from the CSB translation. Um, and you can feel free to read from whatever translation you have available to you. Whew, God is good. All right. Judges chapter seven. Judges chapter seven. Jerubbabel, that is Gideon, and all the troops who were with him got up early and camped beside the spring of Herod. The camp of Midian was north of them below the hill of Moray in the valley. The Lord said to Gideon, you have too many troops for me to hand the Midianites over to them or else Israel might elevate themselves over me and say, my own strength saved me. Now announce to the troops, whoever is fearful and trembling may turn back 
and leave Mount Gilead. So 20,000 of the troops turned back, but 10,000 remained. Then the Lord said to Gideon, there are still too many troops. Take them down to the water and I will test them for you there. If I say to you, this one can go with you, he can go. But if I say about anyone, this one cannot go with you, he cannot go. So he brought the troops down to the water and the Lord said to Gideon, separate everyone who laps water with his tongue like a dog. Do the same with everyone who kneels to drink. The number of those who lapped with their hands to their mouths was 300 men and all the rest of the troops knelt to drink water. The Lord said to Gideon, I will deliver you with the 300 men who lapped and hand the Midianites over to you, but everyone else is to go home. So Gideon sent all the Israelites to their tent, but kept the 300 troops who took the provisions and their trumpets. The camp of Midian was below him in the valley. That night, the Lord said to him, get up and attack the camp, for I have handed it over to you. But if you are afraid to attack the camp, Go down with Pura, your servant. Listen to what they say, and then you will be encouraged to attack the camp. So he went down with Pura, his servant, to the outpost of the troops who were in the camp. Now the Midianites, Amalekites, and all the Quedamites had settled in the valley like a swarm of locusts, and their camels were as innumerable as the sand on the seashore. When Gideon arrived, there was a man telling his friend about a dream. He said, listen, I had a dream. A loaf of barley bread came tumbling into the Midianite camp, struck a tent, and it fell. The loaf turned the tent upside down so that it collapsed. His friend answered, this is nothing less than the sword of Gideon, son of Joash, the Israelite. God has handed the entire Midianite camp over to him. When Gideon heard the account of the dream and its interpretation, he bowed in worship. He returned to Israel's camp and said, get up for the Lord has handed the Midianite camp over to you. Then he divided the 300 men into three companies and gave each of the men a trumpet in one hand and an empty pitcher with a torch inside it in the other hand. Watch me, he said to them, and do what I do. When I come to the outpost of the camp, do as I do. When I and everyone with me blow our trumpets, you are also to blow your trumpets all around the camp. Then you will say, for the Lord and for Gideon. Gideon and the hundred men who were with him went to the outpost of the camp at the beginning of the middle watch after the sentries had been stationed. They blew their trumpets and broke the pitchers that were in their hand. The three companies blew their trumpets and shattered their pitchers. They held their torches in their left hand, their trumpets in their right hand, and shouted, a sword for the Lord and for Gideon. Each Israelite took his position around the camp, and the entire Midianite army began to run, and they cried out as they fled. When Gideon 
Gideon's men blew their 300 trumpets, the Lord caused the men in the whole army to turn on each other with their swords. They fled to Achiah house in the direction of Zerah as far as the border of Abel Mohila near Tabith. Then the men of Israel were called from Nephtali, Asher, and Manasseh, and they pursued the Midianites. Gideon sent messengers throughout the, the hill country of Ephraim with this message. Come down to intercept the Midianites and take control of the water courses ahead of them as far as Bethbara and the Jordan. So all the men of Ephraim were called out and they took control of the water courses as far as Bethbara and the Jordan. They captured Oreb and Zeb, the two princes of Midian. They killed Oreb at the rock of Oreb and Zeb at the winepress of Zeb. While they were pursuing the Midianites, they brought the heads of Oreb and Zeb to Gideon across the Jordan. Whew. Let's read this chapter one more time. Judges chapter seven. Jerubbabel, that is Gideon, and all the troops who were with him got up early and camped beside the spring of Herod. The camp of Midian was north of them, below the hill of Moreh in the valley. The Lord said to Gideon, you have too many troops for me to hand the Midianites over to them. Or else Israel might elevate themselves over me and say, my own strength saved me. Now announce the troops, whoever is fearful and trembling, may turn back and leave Mount Gilead. So 22,000 of the troops turned back, but 10,000 remained. Then the Lord said to Gideon, there are still too many troops. Take them down to the water and I will test them for you there. If I say to you, this one can go with you, he can go. But if I say about anyone, this one cannot go with you, he cannot go. So he brought the troops down to the water and the Lord said to Gideon, separate everyone who laps water with his tongue like a dog. Do the same with everyone who kneels to drink. The number of those who lapped with their hands to their mouths was 300 men and all the rest of the troops knelt to drink water. The Lord said to Gideon, I will deliver you with the 300 men who lapped and hand the Midianites over to you. But everyone else is to go home. So Gideon sent all the Israelites to their tents, but kept the 300 troops who took the provisions in their trumpets. The camp of Midian was below him in the valley. That night, the Lord said to him, get up and attack the camp for I've handed it over to you. But if you are afraid to attack the camp, Go down with Pura, your servant. Listen to what they say, and then you will be encouraged to attack the camp. So he went down with Pura, his servant, to the outpost of the troops who were in the camp. Now the Midianites, Amalekites, and all the Quedamites had settled in the valley like a swarm of locusts, and their camels were as innumerable as the sand on the seashore. When Gideon arrived, there was a man telling his friend about a dream. He said, listen, I had a dream. A loaf of barley bread came tumbling into the Midianite camp, struck a tent, and it fell. 
The loaf turned the tent upside down so that it collapsed. His friend answered, this is nothing less than the sword of Gideon, son of Joash, the Israelite. God has handed the entire Midianite camp over to him. When Gideon heard the account of the dream and its interpretation, he bowed in worship. He returned to Israel's camp and said, get up for the Lord has handed the Midianite camp over to you. Then he divided the 300 men into three companies and gave each of the men a trumpet in one hand and an empty pitcher with a torch inside it in the other hand. Watch me, he said, and do what I do. When I come to the outpost of camp, do as I do. When I and everyone with me blow our trumpets, you are also to blow your trumpets all around the camp. Then you will say, for the Lord and for Gideon. Gideon and the hundred men who were with him went to the outpost of the camp at the beginning of the middle watch after the sentries had been stationed. They blew their trumpets and broke the pitchers that were in their hand. The three companies blew their trumpets and shattered their pitchers. They held their torches in their hand, their trumpets in their right hand, and shouted, A sword for the Lord and for Gideon. Each Israelite took his position around the camp, and the entire Midianite army began to run, and they cried out as they fled. When Gideon's men blew their 300 trumpets, the Lord caused the men and the whole army to turn on each other with their swords. They fled to Akeka house in the direction of Zerah, as far as the borders of Abil Mohela near Tabith. Then the men of Israel were called from Nephtali, Asher, and Manasseh, and they pursued the Midianites. Gideon sent messengers throughout the hill country of Ephraim with this message, come down to intercept the Midianites and take control of the watercourse ahead of them as far as Bethbara and the Jordan. So all the men of Ephraim were called out and they took control of the watercourse as far as Bethbara and the Jordan. They captured Oreb and Zeb, the two princes of Midian. They killed Oreb at the rock of Oreb and Zeb at the winepress of Zeb. While they were pursuing the Midianites, they brought the heads of Oreb and Zeb to Gideon across the Jordan. Whew. Let's pray. Father God, first and foremost, Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to be able to read this together. We thank you, Lord, um, for what you've shown us even through these two readings of this chapter. And Lord God, we pray that as we move into a time of personal reflection, that you would show us why the words are standing out or you would direct us to certain words and phrases and verses, Lord God, and that you would help us to see where you want to take us individually this morning. And Lord, as we move into a time of corporate reflection, you would show us where you want to take us corporately this morning as well. Father God, we pray that your word not just be out there for us to read, but actually penetrate our hearts and change our lives. Holy Spirit, help us to hear what God wants us to hear this morning. We thank you. We give you all the glory, honor, and praise in Jesus' mighty name. We pray. Amen. Amen. All right, let's take a few moments to reflect on Judges chapter 17, and then we will come back for corporate reflection. Here we go.
All right. <laughs> now it is time for us to come together and reflect together. I'm going to give a little bit of background just in case it's the first time that you are reading with us. So basically we have the children of Israel. They are in the promised land that God had promised them, but they continue to forget God and they continue to worship the gods around. And so God puts in place these judges and these judges are a combination of like political leaders and warriors and one of the judges here is that he chooses is Gideon. And we learn a little bit about Gideon in the previous chapter where Gideon says, uh, my family is the weakest in all of the tribe of Manasseh, and I am the youngest in the weakest family. And so this is who God chose to be the judge of, of Israel here to deliver Israel from the Midianites who had... Um, who, had, who was oppressing Israel, who was allowed to oppress Israel because Israel turned to worship their gods. And God was like, fine. And so then Israel cried out to God again. God always responds when we cry out to him. So Israel cried out to God again. And God responded by raising up a judge, Gideon. And this is where this story um, takes place. Now, Gideon is doing what God had called him to do in the previous chapter. All right, so what is standing out to you about this chapter. Now, as you guys know, when I read scripture, I struggle with like war and things like that, even though it was a very, it was a thing that happened throughout the Old Testament. I struggle also with slavery scriptures as well. Um, but for some reason, this chapter always hits my heart, always, always, even though it's a war chapter, this one always hits my heart. And today, who, buddy, it did the same thing. I see a verse that keeps standing out to a lot of people. CJ says verse 2. Natalia says verse 2, 10, 13 through 14. Audrey says verse 2. Let's go to verse 2. Verse 2 says, the Lord said to Gideon, you have too many troops for me to hand the Midianites over to them, or else Israel might elevate themselves over me and say my own strength saved me. Woo. He says, you have too many troops. Allison says, verse four, let's go there. The Lord said to Gideon, there are still too many troops. <laughs> Take them down to the water and I will test them for you there. If I say to you, this one can go with you, he can go. But if I say about anyone, this one cannot go with you, he cannot go. Oh, goodness. Allison says, verse four, sometimes we lose people in our lives and it doesn't make sense. But this verse reminds me, God decides who can go with me on my next journey or chapter in life, not everyone is meant to go. Come on. Audrey says, verse two, you have too many men. God did not need a lot, just the faithful ones. Only God will get the glory for their victory. Erica says, God does not want us being prideful and thinking we accomplished what we did. Come on. Anastasia said, this God is showing himself mighty again 
and again. Brandy says this whole chapter, sis, I'm with you. This whole chapter, Lynn says verse 10 through 11, verse 13 through 14, even though he was afraid, come on, Lynn, even though he was afraid, the scripture said in verse nine, that it says that the Lord said, get up and attack the camp for I've handed it over to you. And then in verse 10, it says, but if you are afraid to attack the camp, go down with Pura, your servant, listen to what they say, and then you will be encouraged to attack the camp. So he went down with Pura, which means he was afraid, right? He was afraid. Even though, Lynn says, even though he was afraid, God allowed him to slip into the enemy camp and overhear a conversation that gave him courage to carry out what he was called to do. Come on. Ms. Margaret says, God knows best when something we want to hold on to, some, we sometimes want to hold on to people. No matter what status they have, we have to go with God's choosing. Come on. Anastasia said, God cannot share his glory with any man. He is mighty. Mary says, verse two and seven. There are some who are with us that hinder what God is trying to do. Also, God works best when the odds are against you. Come on. So be grateful for the little that you have. Ellen says, verse two, Israel's might, Israel might vaunt themselves against me saying we have saved ourselves by our own efforts. We don't come back to that. Lilith says, verse four through 11. Come on, the whole thing. This is where, this is where God um, separated the ones who lacked the water um, with their hands and the ones who knelt down. And he separated. He, at that time, he sep- he separate. He he said, he said, take the three hundred. Like I'm thinking to myself, if I was the three hundred, the first time he asked if you were afraid, and like what? How many left? The ten thousand. Wait, wait, wait. No, twenty thousand left when he asked if you were afraid. There's only ten thousand left. By the time I got to the three hundred, I might have been afraid by then. I'm like, oh, wait a minute. Now I'm. <laughs> There's only 300. We started this thing out with 30,000 and there's only 300 left. Woo. My God. (laughs) My God. (sighs) Anastasia says, so true, Allison. You don't need everyone on your journey, but those who will remain faithful to the end. Brandy says, verse two through six, verse 18, for the Lord and Gideon. Yeah. Heather says a normal army would not have given a horn, would not have given a horn and a torch to every soldier. Gideon's army seems massive in the darkness. Come on. That sound seemed like, oh my gosh, there must have been so many. Imagine 300 people blowing a horn and they're in the dark. It probably sounded massive. Come on, Audrey says less is more when God is involved. Hallelujah. CJ Walker says, the Bible I read mentioned, I saved myself. And that stood out. How many of us make the mistake of giving ourselves credit instead of God who provided what we need? Come on. Allison says, God will also add people to our lives who he selects. Hallelujah. Latrice says, I checked on the barley thing and why the man said, to his surprise, a loaf of barley. And it's because... Barley is likely half the value 
of wheat and it upset the tent. Come on. Barley is likely half the value of wheat. Come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See, Jason, Gideon only had 10% of the troop of his troops left. 10%. One of the things that stands out to me, and everybody, people keep saying it, people keep saying it, but it's a character trait of God. And, and it's that God wants to make sure we know he did it. Because we're really good at fooling ourselves into thinking it was, oh, I worked really hard. I did it. It was my, it was my gifts. It was my talents. It was this. It was that. We're really good at fooling ourselves into thinking that it was, it was us. Because that helps us to be, feel or believe that we're in control. And God continues to want to show not just us, but the world that it was him, that it was him. So we look throughout scriptures and we see God using people like Joseph. We see God using people like Abraham. We see God using people like Gideon. We see God using people like Deborah. We see God using people like Jael. We see God using people like David. We see God using people who were counted out, who shouldn't have been in the positions that they were in. Who, whose life looked so hard, who it looked like things were going wrong in their lives and God used them and their situation and their circumstance in order to show himself strong. This goes back to what is God's mission? The redemption and reconciliation of humanity back to him. And how does God do that? By showing himself strong in the earth, by, by showing and revealing through humanity to humanity who he is. So sometimes he has to allow, and most times he has to allow the, the, the odds to be stacked against us so that the onlookers can see that this was the hand of the Lord. So a lot of times when we say, God, I want, I want to be used by you, Lord. Use me, Lord God, to encourage others. Use me, God, to point others back to you. Use me, God, for you to get the victory. And then we notice that stuff gets, starts getting taken away from us. And we notice that it starts getting harder. And we notice that our situation starts getting bleaker. It's then that we should praise God because God is setting up our life in such a way for him to get the glory. Woo, come on, hallelujah. When you start losing stuff, we need to say praise the Lord because God is setting up your life in a way that only he will get the glory. Now the question becomes, do you really want God to get the glory or do you just want to be comfortable? Come on. God begins to set up our life. We say, God, I want to go for you. So God's like, okay, great. Great. We're on the same page. Wonderful. Next thing you know, friends start leaving. Next thing you know, finances start getting getting kind of funny. The next thing you know, all this stuff are happening. You're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Hold up, God. I said I wanted to be used by you. What's happening? Everything's falling apart. 
And God's like, oh, I'm setting you up for me to get the glory. This can't go with you because then people are going to think that, oh, she only got this because, you know, everybody supported her and she had good friends. So they can't go with you because then people are going to think it's just because you knew a lot of people. And, oh, oh, this can't go with you. All that, all the finances that you have, like those can't go with you because then people will think that it's, it's because you had all this money already. So, yeah, that can't go with you. And, oh, 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 this can't go with you because you said you wanted God to get the glory out of your life, right? So some of this stuff can't go with you because you're going to think and other people are going to think that it was you. So I'm clearing the way so that people can see me. I'm clearing the way so that people can see me. Hallelujah. I'm clearing the way so that people can see me. Whoo. Heather says, God gets the glory. So sometimes we're looking at our life like, oh, but God will get the glory. Come on. Come on. Hallelujah. God will get the glory because it will only be him. It can only be you. Hallelujah. Barb says, so glad to know that I know God knows the heart of man. He understands our emotions and inner thoughts. Reminds me of when Christ calls out his disciples. Come on. God's going to get the glory. Woo, hallelujah. Allison says, trust the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. Acknowledge him in all your ways and he will direct your path. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. Come on, God will get the glory. So sometimes you're thinking, oh my goodness, like I feel like things are getting, things are going worse. And praise God, because what do we say before? It's a testimony loading. What is a testimony? A testimony is just a beacon that shows people that God is good. And hey, look what God did in my life. Look how God showed up. And if God showed up for me, God will show up for you. And then what happens when people start realizing, oh my goodness, God showed up for her. Maybe God will show up for me. Then they start wanting to know. Come on. Then they start wanting to know that God. Latrice, Latrice says, if Gideon only knew the whole chapter started with Jerubbabel, they're still calling him the defender of Baal. Yet right after that verse, God is like, but before y'all think you did this, come on. Tess says from 30,000 to 300 reminds me of God's ways are not our ways. He could have done it with 30. He is God. Come on. Erica says, why does it seem he punishes us for trying then? I'm not sure what you mean. So give me a little bit more, but I can kind of talk a little bit about it. I'm not sure punishing, trying what? So help me out. Because there's a lot of things that can feel like punishments. <laughs> I know that for a fact. There's a lot of things that can feel like punishments, but it depends on what you mean. Try, trying, trying what? Help me out. I'm going to come back to that question. Uh, Deanna, I believe the brown bunch, she says, God gets the glory. Come on. God gets the glory. God gets the glory. Oh, Erica says, when we go for God. Okay. Ooh, let's talk about this. When we go for God, why does it feel like punishment? Uh, Y'all, I could talk about this for days and I'm sure Gideon had a similar situation. 
<laughs> he was like, God, I'm out here. I'm already afraid. And you don't cut my army down to 10%. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> I'm out here trying. I'm shaking in my boots. You, you called me out from, from where I was hiding. I was hiding. I didn't want to have no parts of this. You called me out. My family, my father's community, they hated me. They were mad because you made me tear down something when I was scared. And now you called me out. I had 30,000 men, God. I had 30,000 people. And you cut it down to 10%? Are you trying to kill me? <laughs> what are you doing? And I'm sure the children of Israel that came out from Egypt and they went through all these issues and things like, God, they often said it. Why did you even take us out of this place? Come on. And I'll be honest, I was having that conversation just a few days ago. Just a few days ago, I was talking to my mother-in-law and I was like, I feel like ever since I said yes to God, my life has just gotten so Hard. I said before I said yes to God, you know, I was I had a I had a job, I had a good job. I was teaching, you know, I I you know felt like I was bringing in some money. I you know I, I all this stuff, and I was literally having the same very conversation. I said, and all these things, I felt like I had I felt like I was on a, a trajectory to go into to, to educational administration, and I had a plan, and I had this, and I had that. And I had friends and nobody was upset with me and everything was cool. I mean, I had some mental health things, but we was, that was getting a little bit better. And then when I stepped out to say yes to God, oh my goodness, my finances got horrible. Like friends started leaving me. Everything got bad. The one minute I think I'm going to make it, the next minute I get pulled back to the ground. I'm like, oh my goodness. And I was literally just having this conversation yesterday. I said, did I do something wrong? That was me just three days ago. And I was like, did I, did I miss God somewhere? Did I do something wrong? Did I do? And I was literally, I was in tears, y'all. This was three days ago. Did I do something wrong? And she, she was encouraging me. She said, no, keep following God and see what the end's going to be. Keep following God and see what the end's going to be. Come on, Erica says, but there's others that aren't poor, are saying that follow God. What's the difference? What God's doing in your life? Come on, Paul, if we think about Apostle Paul, he was in prison for most of his ministry. But some of the people that was doing work at that time weren't. They weren't in prison. They were walking free. They were able to do what they were able to do. Why did Paul keep falling in prison? Well, Paul also wrote most of the New Testament. Why? Because he was in prison most of the time. So his letters were how his ministry went forward. And now, generations later, we are learning from Paul's letters. Not all of them were in prison back and forth. They didn't have time to write the amount of letters that Paul did. God had a particular thing that Paul was going to do. So it caused him to be in prison all the time. And the thing about it is, we don't know what God is calling us to do. Think about Joseph, right? Joseph, he had to get to the second in command in Egypt. So he went, he went into the pit and then he got sold into slavery. 
And all this stuff happened. And he became second in command in Egypt, but he had to go that way. But there was others that loved the Lord. But they didn't get thrown in a pit because they, they didn't have to be second in command in Egypt. Wherever God was taking them, right? So it depends on where God is taking you. And also, I don't know what their life looked like before this moment that I'm looking at. Because I could have met Joseph when he was second in command in palace. And I could have been thinking, man, why can't I be second in command in the palace? And I don't know what Joseph went through to get there. So all I'm looking at is Joseph's palace experience thinking, well, then what am I doing wrong? Because Joseph's sitting up in here in the palace serving the Lord and I'm over here struggling. But I have no idea that Joseph went to the pit. I have no idea that Joseph's brothers sold him into slavery. I had no idea that Joseph's brother, come on. I had no idea. No idea. I remember watching my mother-in-law preach the gospel, right? And I remember, you know, some things and some things. And I remember also, like, it seemed like when my mother-in-law starts a business, like at this stage in her life, that the business flourishes. And I'm looking at her like, I don't understand. When I start a business, it doesn't flourish like that. Like, what am I doing wrong? And God had to get me. He, he was like, you have, you have no idea what that woman had to go. You have no idea. The reason her testimony is so powerful is because her mother died at a young age. Everybody had counted her out. She didn't go to college. She couldn't afford it. She went to work right on time. So many people have rejected her. So many people have counted her out. So the fact that her businesses are flourishing only points to me. Only. That's why I'm over here staring at her like, what's so, how, I got all these degrees and I can't even, why is everything, her businesses, they make it, they, they're flourishing, they, huh, she got this big old house and all this stuff and God's like, oh honey, the reason that you're staring at her trying to make it make sense is because it don't make sense. It makes no sense. And when you stare at somebody long enough and it don't make sense, that's when we need to start looking at God. It was only him. Come on. It was only him. And God wants our lives to point back to him too. God wants our lives to point back to him too. It was only God. God gets the glory. God gets the glory. And yeah, it's hard, y'all. I'm telling you, three days ago, three days ago, I was literally crumbling, crying, saying, did I do something wrong? Because it's easy to think that when everything starts to just, it's like you touch something and it just drips through your fingers. You're like, wait, I thought we were. And then it just, bloop, it's gone again. You'd be like, look, am I making the wrong choices, Lord? Help me, God. What am I doing wrong? My mother's like, just see what the end's going to be. Hold on. And just see what the end's going to be. Come on, Allison says, keep serving. Keep serving when it feels lonely. Keep serving when people leave. Keep serving when all hope looks lost. Keep serving. Keep keep serving. Keep staying faithful. Keep your eyes on God. Come on. Woo! Hold on. See what the end's going to be. You come this far. <laughs> you come this far with God. 
Hold on. You might as well hold on and see what the end's going to be. See where God's taking you. Because the thing about it is Gideon didn't know what God was going to do with these 300 soldiers. But hey, we're out here now. We're out here now. Hold on. See what the end's going to be. Literally says, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit. Come on. Hosanna says, but God holding on. Come on. Janice says, the devil doesn't like it when we step out in faith. Some of it is him trying to knock us off track. Yep, some of it is. But God, that's the thing about it is nothing that the devil does is unknown to God. So the very things the devil will use, God's like, you're just playing right into my plan. <laughs> you, you just don't know what I'm doing. Because remember, God has no rival. He is no equal. The devil is no equal to him. So any move that the devil makes, it's just playing right into God's plan. That's what we have to understand. Like there's no... there. God has no rival. God has no rival. Come on. The brown bunch says life serving Christ is stretching. Whew. Oh, CJ says, sorry, lady. I made a, I made a mistake. It wasn't 10%. It was actually 1%. Oh, that's right. Because 10% of 30,000 would have been 3,000, but he had 300. 1%. Oh, snap. 1%. Thank you for letting us know that it was even, even less. Oh, my goodness. It was even less than we thought. I don't know about you, but I needed to read this today. Because like I said, three days ago, and I, I needed the question Erica asked too to press into this. Three days ago, I was just like, God, come on. What is going on? And then here we are reading Gideon and God's like, I'm setting your life up to get for me to get the glory. Hold on. I'm setting your life up for me to get the glory. Just hold on. And look, 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 look. He said to Gideon, are you, if you're afraid, go, go down and, and listen to this testimony that these people, to this, this dream that these people in the enemy's camp are going to talk about. Go down. So, so, so. Gideon went down to the enemy's camp and heard that, that God was going to get the victory through him. And Gideon came back to the came back to those 300 warriors and was like, all right, I'm ready. And I believe the same thing goes with for us. There are going to be times where we are afraid, where we're like, God, this don't look, God, this don't look, um, God, this don't look. What are you doing? <laughs> 
And God says, sometimes we got to come into the word and remember who God is. And remember who God is. And remember who God is. Come on. And hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Oh. And we don't have to keep trying to add to ourselves to try to compensate for where we think God is lacking. Oh, well, you know, God said that he wants to use me to to write a book, but I don't really have the information he, he needs me to have. So let me go ahead and get another degree. God didn't say that. He don't need you to get it. If he didn't tell you to get another degree, he don't need you to get another degree. Oh, well, you know, God told me that I was going to do this. So let me go ahead and find myself a mentor over here. And let me go ahead and find myself. God's like, I didn't ask you to do that. I didn't ask you to find all the mentors. I didn't ask you to do all this. Well, God said that that um, he wanted me to do this. So let me go add this and add that and do this and do that and put this in my life. And put God's like, look, I didn't ask you to do that. The only thing that's going with you is what I said is going with you. And just, yeah, I'm telling y'all, this is for, I don't know if it's for nobody else, but this is for me. Three days ago, three days ago, I'm crying, I'm boohooing, I'm saying, did I do something wrong? And then guess what I start doing? I start saying, but God, I did this and I did this and look, God, I did this. And Lord, I put all this work in and I did all these things and God, it's still not turning around and the situation's not turning around. And God had to get my attention and say, when will you realize that it's not your work that's going to get you where I'm taking you? It's not you getting yourself better that's going to get you where I'm taking you. Trust you, trust God. That's my only part. Because I'm looking at my situation and I'm looking at my works and I'm saying, God, I'm putting in the work. Why isn't my situation changing? And God had to say, it's not about your work. And until you can let that idea go. Come on, you've got to let go of everything that can't go with you, even the thoughts. God had to get me. He's getting me to a place. And now we're in Gideon. And I'm like, I hear you, Lord. I hear you. It's not by your much works. Come on. It's not by your much doing. It's not, it's not by your much fixing. It's by God and God alone. You want God to get the glory out of your life? Then hold on and trust him when it's dark. You want God to get the glory out of your life? Then hold on and trust him when it's hard. No matter, based on scripture, I'm going to venture to say that no matter who we're looking at, even if it looks like they got it all together, they had a, a period in their life where they had to hold on. And if they didn't have it yet, it's coming. Why? 
Because God, God's goal is not for us to be comfortable. That's our goal. That's not his goal. That's never been his goal. Our comfort does nothing for anybody. Our comfort does nothing for anybody. And some of us might be thinking, well, it does something for my kids because at least my kids will be comfortable. No, your comfort doesn't do nothing for your kids either. It doesn't do what you think it's going to do. Your comfort does nothing for anybody. But your willingness to hold on and let God get the glory out of your life, that can change the lives of those around you. Your, my comfort is not God's goal. It never has been and he is, it never will be. And we can look throughout scripture. God is not like, okay, yeah, be comfortable. No. No. Housing said we don't grow in comfort zones. We don't. Bailey says we don't pursue anything when we're comfortable. Come on, we don't. There was a sister um, in Christ that shared in the app, if you guys haven't seen it, she said, I've been gone for a while. My husband got cancer, got diagnosed with cancer. But then she proceeded to praise the Lord because she said when when that happened, he changed his life. He started pursuing God. He started being more present of a father. We started doing stuff together. We started reading the Bible. What we have to understand is that God is like, Y'all are chasing comfort. But God is not, God is like, hey, I got one goal. The redemption and reconciliation of humanity back to me. Can I use your life to bring someone else back to God? Can I use your life to show someone that God is good? Can I, can I, so, I mean, you're going to go through stuff anyway. Can we give that pain to God so that God can use it? So that somebody else can see him through it. Come on. Woo. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on. Woo. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Anastasia said, there's always a story behind the glory. Everyone's story and journey is different. So is the glory that comes along. And the glory should be God's, right? It doesn't feel good. But it's good. It does. Can we get that? It does. Yes, it doesn't feel good, but it is good. God said to Gideon, Gideon, the, the scared 
kid that was hiding from the enemy when God called him. He said to Gideon, I'm going to cut this army from 30,000 to 300, which CJ let us know is 1% of what he had. And then I'm going to let Gideon know by, by somebody else's dream in the enemy's camp that I've got him. And then Gideon is going to go forward with this little bitty army and take territory. And for some of us, God is like, hey, I'm going to use the homelessness that you are going through right now. You think it's nothing? Oh, no. But I'm going to use that and I'm going to get the glory through that. I'm going to I'm going to use the fact that you are going through depression right now. Come on. If no if no Christian ever went through depression, how could some unbeliever that's going through depression know that God can help them? Come on. If no believer ever went through hard times, how could we ever tell somebody that doesn't know God that God is able? If all the believers here on earth never had to go through anything, how could we tell a hurting world that God is present? If no believer ever went through homelessness, how could we ever go and witness to people that have gone through homelessness? Let me tell you something. Some of the best people to reach out to the people that are hurting are the people that have gone through that same hurt. Let me tell you something. I've never gone through a um, a chronic illness ever. I've never gone through a chronic illness. And one day I found myself trying to share the goodness of God to somebody that is going through a chronic illness. And one of my sisters in Christ had to stop me and say, Dominique, you don't get it. You don't get what this person is going through. Let me help you to know how to share the goodness of God with them. Because what you're doing is actually hurting. And you don't know it because you've never been through what they went through. So let me train you. Let me help you in how to how to reach out and witness to them because you've never been through what they went through. Let me tell you something. The per, the people that have gone through what the people are going through, they are the best people to be able to train individuals on how to effectively share the gospel. Come on. You can't tell me nothing when it comes to sharing the gospel with people that are going through mental health issues because I don't been through them. Come on. And I've gone through them and I've seen God show up in my life. So you can't tell me nothing. So when I go to somebody that's going through a mental health issue, I'm going to them with no judgment involved because I know what it's like to be in the dark. I know what it's like to contemplate suicide. I know what it's like not to want to live anymore. I know what it's like. So when somebody else tells me that they're going through that, I'm going to come and hug them. I'm not going to tell them you need to have more faith because I know they're fighting for their life. I know what they're going through. 
because God let me go through it too. So now I have a witness that someone else doesn't have. I can help somebody in a pit that someone else can't help them in. Come on. Come on. I've been in that particular pit, so I understand how to encourage. There's some pits I've never been through, and somebody else knows better and can teach me. Come on. Come on. I know what it's like to be evicted. I know what it's like to have more bills than money. Come on. So I, I know how to encourage a person there. I know what it's like to feel like you're a horrible mom and failing every five seconds. I know how God met me there. I know how God met me in my failures. I know what it's like for God to call you to do a ministry when you feel super unqualified, when you don't have that degree, when you don't have all the knowledge, when you didn't grow up in church. I know what that's like. So I can, I, hey, I can encourage people there. Come on. I know what that's like. But you know what I don't know what it's like? You know what I don't know what it's like? I don't know what it's like to lose a sibling to gun violence. I don't know what that's like. But somebody does. And they've got the testimony that needs to be told to somebody else. I don't know what it's like to lose a child young. I don't know what it's like. I don't know what it's like to have an abortion. But somebody does. And they have the testimony that's needed. I don't, I don't know what it's like. I don't, I don't know what it's like to have a stillbirth. I don't know what that's like, but somebody does. Do we realize that all of these testimonies are needed because we live in a hurting world and somebody got to know. Somebody's got to know that God is able. And if the Christians don't ever want to go through nothing, how could we tell a hurting world that God loves them? Woo! I know what it's like. Come on, Allison said, I gave my I gave my heart to God the spring of 2019. I prayed differently that day. I said, whatever you want, God, here's my heart. Use me. That's when God started working on me. She said, but the journey got harder. Except this time, everything was with God. God doesn't promise an easy life, but he promises to never leave. He'll use it all for the greater good. Come on. You know, I don't know what it's like to be a single mom, but Nydia does. And she has a passion for single mothers. Do you see what God does? The things that the enemy thinks will break us, God uses it for his glory. God uses it for his glory. And we're over here thinking that we have to have all this stuff. God's like, I don't need all this stuff. I don't need all the people to go with you. I don't even need your family to like you. <laughs> for, for me to get the glory out of your life. Come on. I don't need, I don't, you think you got to give me all this to work with? God's like, I don't need all that. 
Come on. Woo. Give me the little you got and God's going to make it much. Don't think that you got to, oh, well, I got to be this. I got to, mm-mm. Come on. Mary says, I know what it's like to be rejected and to have people misuse you and mistreat you. I know what it's like to for God to show up in the midst of that rejection. Come on. I know what it's like. I know what it's like for God to be with me. So when so when another woman comes up feeling rejected, scarred, misused, oh. The thing I thought was this little thing, mm, God will use it to change somebody's life. Come on. Some of us are like, I know what it's like to be a teenage mom. I know what it's like. I know what it's like to think I don't got nothing that God can use. I know what it's like. And God's going to use what we consider little to change the world. Because the reality of it is, we live in, I'm going to just say it, the honest truth. The reality of it is we live in what is called a fallen world which means that this world is susceptible to sin, which means that everybody is hurting. Everybody. There's not one person, no matter how many million dollars that they make, that's not hurting. Everybody has pain. And so God is allowing believers to go through pain too, so that we have a witness in a hurting world. Everybody is hurting. Everybody. There is not one person. It doesn't matter if you like them or not. There's not one person in this world that's not hurting in some way. They might look like they got the best life, but I can guarantee you there's some some pain because of the type of world we live in. We live in a fallen world where pain and sin exist because the devil is doing what he's doing. Everybody is hurting. So when God sees that hurting person, this is what we got to know. When God sees that hurting person over there that doesn't know him, he will allow a believer over here to go through the pain so that they can witness to that person over there of his goodness. We have to realize that even the pain we go through is a weapon for the kingdom of God. Come on. Janice said, I know chronic illness and being in a marriage full of infidelity wasn't one bit of fun, but I'm so passionate about helping others heal now. Come on. Woo. I know what it's like. I know what it's like. She said, I know what it's like. Barbara says, I grew up being told you must have done something. Even being told by a pastor, I must have done something because I don't have children. But God knows. Come on. I know what it's like. Woo. 
I know what it's like. And guess what? There's going to be somebody else with the same pain that God's going to. Don't do you ever notice that? That God seems to bring people around you that had similar pains. You be like, where are these people coming from? Come on, Erica says, I know, I know judgment. I know what it's like to be judged with Asperger's. I know what it's like. So now God is like, hey, I want to get the glory out of this. This little bit you feel like you have, that right there. I want to get the glory out of this right here. Right here. Right here. We've got to recognize that the one of the most powerful moments of Jesus's, Jesus Christ's life here on earth was on a cross in excruciating pain. This was a pivotal moment for all believers because without that moment, there would be no salvation. So what we have to understand is that the pain we go through is nothing more than a weapon to be used by the kingdom of God. Hold on. See what the end's gonna be. Hold on. See what the end's gonna be. We're quick to think, like I was, that maybe I did something wrong. But it's very possible that maybe you didn't do something wrong. Maybe God's just working on something good. And he's setting your life up. I know it hurts. I know it's scary. But he's setting your life up for him to get the glory so that people will be redeemed and reconciled back to God through your story. Does the scripture say, we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. Come on. Bailey says, I know what it's like to be rejected and my parents picking drugs and alcohol over me. Come on. Allison says, I know what it's like to be overweight, excluded, and bullied. Come on. So when you see when you when you see the passion come out of these women, it's because they know what it's like. She said, I know what it was like growing up in a broken home. More than once. I know what it's like when people labeled you by your job or no job. Come on. But God always made a way. Come on. I've got a testimony. I've got a story to tell. Erica says, I know what it's like to have Asperger's. I know what it's like to go to those looking to go to those looking alone with low self-esteem. I know what it's like. And I know how God showed up for me. Come on.
I know what it's like. Come on, Lenita said, I know what it's like to feel invisible and overlooked. For Gideon, he knew what it was like to feel afraid. He knew what it was like to feel like he lost 99% of his whole entire army. God still showed up, drew me closer to him. Come on, Janice said the blind man hadn't done anything wrong, remember? And Jesus said it was solely, you my cousin, she going. She said the blind man hadn't done anything wrong. Jesus said it was solely so that God would get the glory. Come on, Rachel hadn't done anything wrong and was barren for a long time. Jesus Christ hadn't done anything wrong, but yet he hung, bled, and died. For God to get the glory so that humanity's eyes would turn from one another and put the focus on God. House says, I remember thinking, how could God use me? But God knew exactly all the things that had to happen, and He used it all. All of it. All of it. Lenita said, I know what it's like to feel abandoned, insignificant, rejected, and hurt. Because my father chose not to be in my life. Come on. Come on. Brandy said, I know what it's like growing up without a father, dating older men as a teen. I know what it's like. It hurts. But God, I cried a lot, but God, I felt alone, but somehow God found me in the darkness. Oh, tell somebody else. Go tell somebody else. Because this life here on earth it's never going to be comfortable, y'all. There's always going to be pain. Different types, right? It's just because it's a fallen world. That's okay. That's okay. But go tell somebody how God walked with you through the hard. And continues to go tell somebody that they're not alone. Go tell somebody that, hey, God loves them. Go tell somebody, come on, 
that God is with them, that God won't leave them or forsake them. Go tell somebody about Israel. Go tell somebody, say, look, the children of Israel kept leaving God, but every time they cried out to God, God came back. Go let somebody know. God actually never left them, but that he was always available for when they cried out. Go let somebody know, say, hey, I didn't even know God was in my life, but he was there and I didn't even know it until I cried out to him. Go let somebody know. Because I can guarantee you they're hurting too. I can guarantee you they think, what's going on with my life? Come on, Bailey said, I remember begging God to tell me what I did wrong, what I did to deserve this. Come on. Me too. Tears down my face. God, please fix it. Why am I going through this? Why does it seem like everybody else is getting to a better place? Why does it feel like I am out here, God? I'm trying. What did I do wrong? Did I make a wrong step? Did I turn in the wrong direction? What did I do wrong? How can I fix it to make the pain stop? God. How can I stop it? I don't want to go through this anymore. Did I do something wrong? Why are all my friends leaving me? Like, is it me? Is it me, God? <laughs> is it me? God, I said yes to you. I said yes. And everything is going away. Is it me? No. It's not. It's just. It's life and God's going to use it. There's things that he sets up in our lives that are very, very hard so that he will get the glory. I don't know how he's going to do. I don't know what glory he wants to get in your life. But I know one thing, God has a goal. The reconciliation and redemption of humanity back to him. <laughs> Come on. Well, will we allow God to use our little that we have? for his glory. Will we get, let God use our brokenness for his glory? For his glory. We talked about this before. When it comes to the punishments of God, 
punishments or consequences of sin, I should say. When it comes to the consequences of sin, we know them. They are not a mystery. Okay? God doesn't sneak attack consequences. We know them. So if ever you're in your life, like, I don't, I don't know what, what is happening. Look, it's not you. It's not, it's not something you did. It's not some grand sin you've committed. It's a testimony loading. Let it load, sis. Hold on and let it load. And then when you when you got that testimony, hold on to it and share it with somebody else. And then guess what? You're going to get another testimony loading. So that you can share it with somebody else. And then you're going to get another testimony loaded. And then you're going to get another testimony that's loaded. And then once it finished loading, when that finished loading, you grab it and you share it with somebody else. Because you, you never know who God needs you to share that story with so that they can be reconciled and redeemed back to God. Come on. It's a testimony loading. Come on. I'm sure Allison didn't know that when she was going through what she was going through and when she was being insulted and when she was overweight and she was being bullied and all that stuff, I'm sure she didn't know that God was going to use that. But he did. Hold on. Tess says, I've been in many rock hard places. But God always showed up, provided and met all my needs. He is able, faith, faithful, always. Praise him in the valleys and praise him in the mountaintops. Come on. And how does she know to say that? Because she's walked with God through some valleys. Come on, how did David know that God could defeat Goliath? Because God was with him when he got attacked by a lion. And God was with him when he got mauled by a bear. Hold on. Hold on. Stop blaming yourself and look at what God is doing in and through your life. When, when I blame myself, it's because I pridefully believe that if I could just figure out what I did, I can undo it and fix it. Blaming myself is just another method of control that I try to take. But in many situations, there's nothing I can do but hold on. God's brought me this far. brought me this far. 
And he didn't bring me this far to leave me. To hold on, hold on. Let us all hold on. See what the end's gonna be. You still got you still got air in your in, in your lungs on this side of heaven. Come on, because heaven gonna be amazing. Let me just say. But like, I want to see where this is going here on earth. I, I do. I, I'm interested. I might not see all of it because, you know, God may call me home before I see how he uses all of it in the lives of those around. But hey, hold on. Just hold on. So if you find yourself in a situation where you said, God, I'm available. And then everything starts to go. Things start leaving. People start leaving. Things start getting harder. Smile, sis. Your life is being set up for God to get the glory. It's just a testimony loading. That's it. It's just a testimony loading. Let's pray. Ah, Father God, you are so amazing. <laughs> There's none like you. Father, I pray for my sisters. I pray for myself. I pray, Lord God, that you would strengthen us in your strength to hold on. Lord, if, if anybody here feels like they're in a situation or a season where it just feels like they're trying to follow you, but everything seems like it's getting harder. I pray, Lord God, that like Gideon, you would encourage them even when they feel afraid and weak. Lord, help us, encourage us to keep going. Gideon was afraid when you cut that army down to 300 men. He was afraid when you found him, God. He was hiding away. And Lord, you encouraged him in the midst of the fear that you got this. Lord, I pray that my sisters, that myself, that we be encouraged and remember that you've got this. Lord, I pray that throughout the day, throughout the month, throughout the weeks, throughout the years, that every time we feel discouraged, Lord, Every time we feel afraid, that you would send encouragement and your truth to strengthen us, to hold on, to keep going. Lord, our desire really truly is for you to get the glory out of our lives because we know that when you are glorified, other people are saved, set free, delivered. And we realize today that at times for you to get that glory, it requires a little pain on our part. 
But Lord God, use our lives to let others know that you will never leave us. That no matter what the enemy, no matter what the devil tries to do, you will always win. Lord, we just desire, we just desire for you to get the glory, get the glory out of our lives so that others may know you. When they're crying, when they feel alone, that they'll realize that they can cry out to you. That you, that you're there. And they feel lost and confused and rejected and abandoned and afraid. Lord, use my life to let someone else know that they can they can cry out. They have a good, good father that, that wants to be there. Lord, use my life to bring others. Use our lives to bring others back to you in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. <laughs> Let me tell you about my Jesus. He makes a way where there is no way. Rises up from an empty grave. Ain't no sinner that he can't say. Let me tell you about my Jesus. And let my Jesus change your life. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. I love y'all. If this ministry um, has blessed your life in any way, please consider giving. Like, comment, share, and subscribe. And can you do me a big, big favor? Share this with somebody. I know it's long. I know it's long, but please share it. And also, y'all, thank you, Bailey. If you enjoy this, then come meet with us in person. Let's do this in person for a whole weekend. Let's do this in person for a whole weekend. We're going to have a retreat. We have seven tickets left. And I would I would love to see you guys and do this in person for a whole weekend. I mean, think about, this is what I'm excited about. <laughs> when you, when I leave Mars with Jesus, I'm just like, whew, you know, I feel like encouraged. And that's only for an hour and a half. Let's do it for a whole weekend. Whether you come live or virtual, let's do this. Let's just let's just spend time together encouraging one another. I love you guys. I pray that you have an amazing Wednesday. And I pray that you take the little that you feel like you have, all the broken pieces. And give it to God and watch what God does. He makes little much and with him less is more. I love you guys.
Have an awesome Wednesday. And if you have some time, share your testimony in the app. I know it will encourage someone. Bye for now.